Welcome to the Stay Ready Real Estate Podcast, where we stay ready so you don't have to get ready. My name is Emeka, your host, and I'll be talking to a variety amount of professionals in the real estate industry to help you buy your next real estate investment. At the end of each podcast, I'll give you three actual steps that you can do today to help you get 1% closer to acquiring your first real estate property. My goal with this podcast is to show the world that people like you and me can buy properties to build wealth. Today, we have Vlad. Vlad is a New Jersey-based multifamily investor and real estate agent who started a privately held company, Zontic Ventures, to achieve financial independence. He now owns hundreds of units, primarily in the Midwest and Sunbelt markets of the United States, with the goal to have 25,000 units by 2027. Let's listen to Vlad. Can you please tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do? Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Vlad Arakcheyev. I live in New Jersey. And uh, we have a company that invests in large multifamily properties, invests, operates, and, and mostly we purchase in Midwest, in very select markets, also in Sunbelt State, and recently started buying in the Carolinas. And in addition to being a multifamily investor and operator, I am a real estate agent here in New Jersey as well. So I kind of do two things, but all real estate related. And have you been in real estate your entire life? Have you always been a realtor? No, it started during COVID. I was a graphic designer and then I got furloughed during COVID. And that's when the mind shift and everything changed because I got furloughed and I'm thinking, well, yeah, they're going to call me back, right? And two months went by, three months, and I started thinking, oh boy, I have to do something. And my wife and I, we started talking and she goes, why don't you be a real estate agent? I mean, doesn't matter what's happening in the world, right? People have to live somewhere. So they have to sell and buy houses, rent apartments. So try this out. So I didn't want to do it, honestly. I was really afraid. But eventually I gave in, taken my license and started selling houses. And that took me to flipping and the small rehabs here in New Jersey. But shortly after I realized it wasn't for me, it has to be something bigger out there. And that's when I went to a multifamily conference that changed my whole way of thinking. And I dove in into multifamily. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. So that, that conference changed your way of thinking. So what, what was said in that conference that changed your mind and made you want to go into it? You know, it's not really what was said. It, it's who was there. It was a multifamily conference in Texas, and, but they're all over the country. But the people that I met were so welcoming. Everybody was just so giving, providing information and just connecting and saying, hey, listen, Vlad, just let's connect down the road. Let's see what we can do with, you know, the deals that we can do together. Everybody was just so wonderful. And it really shifted my thinking into this is the place where I want to be. Instead of, let's say, one versus another, it's, it's a team type of spirit there. Everybody was talking about building teams, doing bigger deals, joining forces together. While in most single family transactions, it's one person, right? You may have two, three people, but it's mostly 
you all by yourself. So I like working on a team and that's what appealed the most to me. Proximity is power. And I've definitely met some, some wonderful people in uh, some of these conferences. And it's amazing to hear all these different stories of how they got into it, uh, why they like multifamily. What's your favorite part about multifamily uh, when it comes to the benefits or just the hustle it takes to get a property? You know what I'm thinking? How many properties or how many units I need to replace my expenses? Because that's the ultimate goal, right? So financial independence. So I got a rental here in New Jersey and I'm thinking, and it was netting $1,000 a month, which is a great income. You know, I, I received, I received it as like clockwork, but I needed what? 10 of those properties, maybe 15. Let's say they're all netting a thousand, right? To live comfortably, let's say. But I realized that why do I need to do 15 closings, 15 different areas where I have to manage these properties? They have 15 different roofs and boilers and, and, it's just too much. My so hand. that's where I'm thinking is just, in my opinion, it's, it's easier to manage and easier to run a multifamily versus a single family house. Yep. Less headache. And you know, whenever someone leaves the property, you have a vacant versus with multifamily, you know, one person leaves, it doesn't hurt your numbers and you know, you can still sleep comfortably at night. So, I know there's a lot of people out there who are saying that real estate is risky. You know, it's a bad time. It's a bad time to buy the interest rates. We don't know what's going on in the market. Why do you think people have that perception of real estate? And what has been the riskiest thing or the worst thing that's happened to you in a deal? The thing is, if you look at everything, everything is risky. Any investment is risky. You can say, oh my gosh, everybody, let's say oil and gas, right? So you, you can invest in oil and gas and, and lose all your money or don't have the returns that you were uh, targeting. It, it's like that with everything. Look at the stock market. Look what's happening there. I'll just give you an example. My father just recently retired, so he was promised one number. He looked at his statement and it's $30,000 less. Why? Stock market just dropped. So now his, his retirement is $30,000 less. I mean, there's risk everywhere, but the idea is to minimize or prevent that risk, uh, prevent all these fluctuations. So what we do is, the I I believe, and I know this, I I, I hear this from from a lot of people. Oh yeah, you should you stay away from real estate. Look what's happening. It's a different market cycle. What differentiates, in my opinion, a professional versus somebody who's just trying it? is the ability to buy in every market cycle, right? It's like it's like driving. I'll give you an example. You drive down the road, you have no traffic, you're cruising 55. You hit traffic, what are you gonna do? Pull over and don't drive anymore? No, you change your lane, you slow down, but you keep on moving forward. So same thing here. That's why we buy in every market cycle. You just change the parameters. You just look at different things, right? I'll give you an example. A few years back, we were buying C-class properties and they worked out fine. But now there is no need to buy C-class, right? Because you can easily buy B-class properties, uh, sometimes even higher for almost the same price. 
So we actually moved up when the last two properties were purchased were A minus and uh, it was, it's a B class property. So you just shift the way you purchase things. You don't do the same thing you've done previously. You adjust with the market cycle and I, I, you, you just have to adjust as a professional also. You know, higher rates, okay, fine, don't buy as much, buy better, right? And ultimately, if it's cash flowing, I don't care what the rate is, as long as it's cash flowing positive for me. Exactly. And all the wealthy people and the more experienced people that I know, when it comes to the market, when it's a down or up market, they don't, they don't talk about it's a bad time to buy. They just change their strategy, just like you mentioned. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's always a good time to buy as long as the numbers are right. No matter what's going on, as long as you can make your underwriting correct, that's how you continue to buy. And that's yeah. what you all do. And you said that you're based in New Jersey who buys from the Sun Belt to the Midwest. Can you tell us a little bit about your portfolio? Yeah. One of the biggest questions everybody is asking is how can me living in New Jersey can buy properties in different states? Well, it's all about partnerships, right? You technically don't have to be there. You can, but you don't have to. Like I buy in Kansas City. I buy in Texas, Carolinas. I fly out there a few times a year, but I don't have to be there because we have a team in those places and boots on the ground that can visit the property at any time. Additionally, the cool thing about multifamily is that you have a property manager in place. So ultimately, as you know, everybody is doing everything over uh, Zoom and over video. So it's very easy to speak with a property manager and really you know, see what, what's happening at the property and they are being your eyes and ears on the ground. So you can buy in different states and you really, you really don't have to be there, right? So that's, that's my kind of point when it comes to investing in different states. So how do you find these people and what is your role being in New Jersey? Yeah, great question. By finding people, listen, it, in my opinion, it's the most important thing is finding a team. A lot of people say, oh, find the deal and the team is going to come and the money is going to come. No, absolutely not. Nothing is going to come and the money is not going to come either. It doesn't matter what the deal is. If the team doesn't work or doesn't gel or you don't know who's on your team, the deal will fail, right? Ultimately, you, you're betting on... Uh, you, you're not betting on a project. You're betting on the team who's running the deal. So how, how do I find the team? By talking to people. It's just as easy as that. You literally get on the phone, get on Zoom calls, and just, just talk to people. Go to conferences, connect with people as well. See the people who you click with, who have similar personalities, let's say, or have the same goals as you, buy in the same market. It took me about nine months to kind of click with the team that I'm that I'm on now and it, it took some time because it's all about trust it, it's just it's just a simple thing you're not gonna let's say find a, a team right away or find a person say hey listen let's buy a building together it doesn't work this way it's like a lot of people say it's like dating versus marriage right <laughs> so you're not gonna just come up to a partner and say hey listen let's have kids no, I mean, you got to date a little bit and then down the road is is the same analogy. You don't just jump in a deal with a person because think about it this way. 
let's say you in a joint venture together, right? You, you don't even know this person. You don't know their work ethic. You don't know what they're doing on a weekend. You don't know if they're, you know, if, if they don't have any skills and you're going to be stuck with running this thing. Maybe they have a different personality than you or just a difficult person at all. Or maybe they even have such a demanding W2. They'll be just inaccessible during peak hours and you can't even reach them if you have questions or want to make serious decisions. So all these things you should be talking to uh, your partners about. And from what I hear is that if you have too many partners on a deal, that, that's really not good either. Uh, a good number for JV, I believe it's five people, because when it's more than five, it's just like too many cooks in the kitchen and the deal will just kind of lingers. It's just one or two people doing stuff and everybody else is just not pulling their weight. And if you're no in joint venture, everybody earns their pay. There is, you know, you, you, everybody has to participate just, just to give you an idea. So talk to people. I love it. And then what's your role with your, with your partnership? Yeah, it depends on the deal. On few of the deals, I do asset management. On one deal, I'm actually backing up an asset manager also. It's, it's a fairly large deal in Texas. On few deals, I, I'm doing investor relations and we're actually preparing the final numbers to go out to investors, monthly reports. So it varies from deal to deal, but uh, on few I do asset management, investor relations also, and on two deals I found them myself. So I've, I guess I've done acquisitions or direct to seller. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And you have lots of experience and you have emphasized the fact that people is one of the most important things to consider when getting into real estate because it's a lot about who you know and who you can trust and partner with. What other advice, next main advice you would give to someone who's just getting into multifamily real estate? The biggest thing is don't give up. That, that's the most important thing because it took me about eight months to find a deal. And the funniest thing is that deal failed. It didn't even work out. But I don't consider it a failure, even though we didn't close, because that deal, you know, took me to the next one, which was successful and on and on and on. For some people, it took a year and a half to find the deal, even longer. So do not rush. But the most important thing is find the team. And I have to emphasize it one more time. Do not jump in a deal just because it's there. If you see on social media, people are posting, oh my gosh, I got a deal, let's, let's get in together. That's just silly, in my opinion, because I, I always, I'm always puzzled. How can a person put a large amount of money with another person who they don't even know and they met on social media? It's really puzzling because we invest as people with others who we know, like, and trust. It's just basic thing. I mean, if, if you like somebody and you know them as a good operator, they'll invest with you. They'll trust you. So how can you trust somebody who's just, you know, doing stuff on social media and not really vetting their partners? That's the most important thing. So vet your partners, number one. Build a team, that's number two. And if you don't know how to, you can invest passively and learn at the same time. So you have two options. You can be active. If you don't have time, that's perfectly okay. Be passive. Learn how the process works 
And then if you want to, if it's for you, if you really want it, then you can be a co-GP or GP at a later date. So there's a lot of paths out there, but education is very important. You have a lot of great nuggets. And I want to ask you, what have you seen to be the biggest benefits of being a GP in your deals? It can be financial or just, you know, time freedom. When it comes to time freedom, so far I haven't seen it whatsoever. <laughs> uh, in, in fact, I want to be LP as much as possible, but everything is, you know, boiling down to money, of course. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to uh, financial, um, that, that, that's the thing where I'm building for the future. I'm planning for the future. But I do see the benefits, of course, that being depreciation, you know, so you have a lot of tax savings, you, you can do tax strategies, LPs take advantage of that as well. But it's the biggest thing for me is the sense of accomplishment, which is just awesome. When you, when you just work on a team and you're successful at a task and you didn't let them down and at the same time, everything is going great and you're succeeding and working together as a team, that's just like the biggest thing for me. I, I really am a huge component of, of collaboration. Amazing. I did see that you have some goals, but you want to tell the audience a little bit about your goal with real estate and how many units you want. Maybe you want a, a number you want to make passively a month by mm -hmm. when? Uh, yeah, one of the big things that I'm, I'm planning for the future, of course, and number one, my goal is to have a certain amount of money per month in passive income then I'll be set. And of course, number one goal is to replace my expenses with passive income as well. So, you know, earn money while you're sleeping. That's what Warren Buffett says. If you're not doing that, then you're going to work forever till you die. So start or basically money creation. That, that, that's a great word that somebody said. When you create money by not just working for it, but by your money is making you more money. So you're creating wealth, you're creating money. So my goal is to have 25,000 units by 2027. That's GP or LP or JV. Is that a bold goal? Yeah, it is. It's a huge goal, absolutely. But is it doable? Oh yeah, it's doable. I've seen people within five years span that have tens of thousands of units. You know, so you have to... I, 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 my very first year, I made myself a goal of having 200 units. I beat that goal. So now I'm thinking, should I have made a larger goal? Yeah. Yeah. Something to strive for, something to shoot for. Is it not doable? No, it's doable. Absolutely. I think it, it, it can be done with the right systems in place, with the right people in place. And the, the, if you work hard enough and really just grind at it, oh, yeah. It's doable. So that's my goal. By 2027, that, that's what I'm trying to do. Because after that, our goal with my wife, Olga, is to open up an animal sanctuary here wow. in New Jersey. So that's, that's the ultimate goal, to have a rescue farm and an animal sanctuary. Amazing. I love how you have big goals because at the end of the day, I mean, why not? And you have these big goals and you're able to attain some of them. What was the mindset it took you to continue to persevere through those goals and if you don't really get to them as fast as you want? 
Uh, one of the big things is, I say, if not the largest, is self-doubt and mindset, of course. It took me so much to get uncomfortable and just be comfortable with being uncomfortable because we don't want to be uncomfortable. We just want to cruise. We want to sit on the couch. We want to watch TV. We just want to just go with the flow. But if you're going with the flow, you're not really, you know, excelling. So it, it, it took me a lot of time and I still am working on it uh, as hard as I can. You know, like, for example, I'll give you an example, calling sellers and being rejected all the time. A lot of people can't do it. And, it, 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 you know, it really hurts in some cases, but you just got to shift your mind and just keep on grinding. And like my mind shift was, Every no that I get is gets me closer to a yes. So it's just a little shift in your mind. And then, of course, as you being in multifamily community, everybody's going through the same thing. Everybody's doing the same thing. Like, how many LOIs have you sent out? How many deals have you underwritten and, and said and, you know, got a response, a negative response? So it's the same thing. It's if everybody's doing it and overcoming this obstacle, then it's... It, you will do that too. The community helps. If you're in the space, it'll help. So mind shift, in my opinion, is one of the best things. So what helped me was yoga, meditation. I'm still trying to learn to meditate. It's it's such a difficult thing to stop your mind from racing. That I could never... Oh boy, it's it, it it's a process. It's a process. That's why... I believe monks do it for like 50 years or something and it's <laughs> perfected. But yeah, it, it's a difficult thing to do, but let me tell you, it helps. All these things help. Exercising, of course, eating right. You see how, you know, I'm, I belong to several groups and they're all talking about, oh, try this, try that. You know, you read different books, you get ideas. So it helps you. It's really important to take care of yourself, your body, and then everything else will follow. So as I'm listening to you, it sounds like, number one, you know, real estate is not a get-rich-quick. If anyone's saying that, run away. And two, it's not a job. It's not really investing. It's a lifestyle. Unless you're an LP, a limited partner in the syndication, it's an active role, and it does not stop. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, it is a lifestyle because everything, everything just clicks into place you, you can't just say hey listen I, I i syndicate but i'm not gonna do this or not gonna do that because everything just falls into place as you see like for example you started attending conferences and then people say huh listen we exercising we eating this we going you know we going to these events we reading these books and now like for example if you i bet you if you go to any multifamily investor, well, pretty much 90% of them, you're going to find very similar books on their bookshelves. The same books will be there, like 10x easier than 2x, who not how, you have the Purple Bible, you have <laughs> the hands-off investor. It, it, it's like, I'm sure I'm naming the same books that you guys have read over and over. It, it, it's the same thing, because as you become part of this community, and it's a small, small world because there's not a lot of people that do this. Really not. And it's it, it just everybody talks and they're like, oh, try this. It helped me. Oh, try this. It worked for me. So that's exactly how it is. Word of mouth and just 
trying out new things. No, you are absolutely right. And I basically ask questions and I talk to people I want to get to just like you. And the biggest, the biggest thing I took away is when someone says do something that they did or don't do something that they learned from, it's as simple as literally just listening and not doing it or doing something. And that's something that I think kind of goes over people's head. I think a lot of people overthink or they have analysis paralysis because they're reading too many books, maybe. I'm not saying don't stop, but I'm saying don't think that reading a book is action. Reading a book is education, and you have to put that education to work and action. So it sounds like that's what you're saying. So now we're going to move on to the next segment of the show where I ask everyone the same three questions. Number one, if you can recommend two books for the aspiring investor to read, what would they be? You know what, right now, what inspi uh, okay, the person who starts, there's two books that I, I really do like. There's one by Bill Ham called Real Estate Raw. It, it's, it's a nice book. It's not a difficult read. It's not like, you know, a thousand pages. It basically describes how the real estate deal works and what you should be paying attention to. Another one, for, to a beginner, if, if you want to just understand this thing, it's called uh, Hands-Off Investor by Brian Burke. He also does something similar where he describes what to ask a syndicator, for example, or what to look out for, even how to underwrite and look at the numbers, look at ideas, what should be, what, what should be, you know, things to ask to protect yourself, of course, protect your investment. That's to a beginner. If you're looking to just kind of know what's happening, these are kind of two books that I should recommend. It's funny because I actually read the Brian Burke book and it's amazing just how detailed it is. Like I would almost argue to getting into real estate for a syndication from the LP side, you honestly could be found just by reading that book. So that's a great recommendation. Second question, what has been the most impactful speech or lesson that helped you in your career? Well, I, I lately, I, I go to a lot of conferences, which is very important in person. One of the best things that I saw was Hal Elrod written this book called The Miracle Morning. It, it's a mindset book, and he speaks on that, where the way you start your day, that's how your day and even your week and sometimes month will continue. So he puts things into perspective and tells you what you should be doing or at least trying to have a positive attitude, upbeat, be excited, entertain, I mean, just entertain people, just not be a downer for the lack of a better <laughs> word. So, so when he was speaking, I really picked up a lot of things like he overcame so much and he is incredibly successful. So I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, he can do all this. I can do even more. I mean, look at this. So, so just the idea is don't give up, keep on going and you have the community there to help you. Accountability, you know, you name it. So his, his speech. Hal, uh, Hal Elrod. So if you happen to, you know, be in the area and he's going to speak, yeah, just catch him. He, he is really, you know, he inspired me. Amazing. And if you could have any dinner with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh boy. Dinner. Steve Jobs, probably. 
I I I like his he he's such a you know everything in our lives and I'll tell you why everything is on our lives is sales and marketing and I'll explain we sell ourselves each and every day to everyone around us to our spouse to our kids to literally everyone you go to a store you don't physically sell an object but you sell yourself like you sell yourself as an honest person or you sell yourself as a trustworthy individual so it's constantly happening and the marketing and branding is one of the most amazing things that you can do some people don't have to market at all their brand is so strong just people just flock to them and I believe Jobs really like well he picked up a lot of ideas but he perfected this where he really didn't celebrate you know gadgets he celebrated people that use the gadgets which is just a brilliant idea if you think about it right because if you look at the commercials he's looking at athletes or you know let's say filmmakers that use the gadgets so he's not really showing off the gadgets he's showing off people's skills it's very similar to what Nike is doing. If you look at Nike, they're not saying, oh, look at our, you know, pretty shoes. They're looking at athletes that use their shoes. So it's kind of a branding and marketing. It's, it's really awesome because what ultimately sells is, is, is the way you feel. It's not really like, do I need a new phone? No, not really, but I feel <laughs> really good by getting one. You know what I mean? So I would probably, yeah, you kind of put me on the spot on that one. But I'll probably, you know, I want to pick his brain. Well, well, Vlad, this was a great conversation. I appreciate you so much. And how can the audience reach out to you if they have any questions or what do you need from us? Sure, yeah. I have a website, zonticventures.com. And also I have a very unique name, Vlad Arakcheyev. You can look me up on Facebook, LinkedIn. I am on Instagram. And I have a channel on YouTube. It's pretty cool. I just started it. Just to give you a little background on it, I like motorcycles. And I, I, I kind of combine my passion of motorcycles and real estate together. Right? Okay. So, so I made the channel Wheels and Real Estate Deals. <laughs> kind of catchy. So the, the, the thing behind it is like I'm going on an appointment or let's say a networking event or something like that. And I'm filming myself at that event and I always put my motorcycle in the frame or something like that so but reach out to me on social media I'm, I'm all over social media like I said LinkedIn Instagram everywhere check me out on website and you know connect with me just write me a message a note a DM and you know more than happy to help so yeah well Vlad thank you so much and I'll have to have you back in another time of course thank you that was Vlad, everybody. At the beginning of the podcast, I told you I give you three actionable steps that you can do today to get you 1% closer to getting your next property investment. Before then, please like, subscribe, and comment if you enjoyed the podcast. It means the world to me, and I appreciate all feedback. Step one is a mindset one. Find a routine. As cliche as it sounds, once you have the routine, it, it, it becomes a habit. Habits can be very good or very bad. Find a routine that you can do on a daily basis to make sure you're doing that 1% every day. 
It can be once you wake up, instead of doing anything else, read for 10 minutes. Or when you wake up, put on a podcast. Or every day you find a realtor to reach out to to ask how the market is. Or find someone once a week to get in contact with to build another network connection for your multifamily or single family real estate journey. Find a routine, stick with it daily, weekly, monthly. Whatever works for you, everyone is different. Secondly, with that routine, also set 90 day goals. It doesn't necessarily need to be 90 days, but set goals that are not 10 years, 12 years, 20 years out the way because then that becomes a little bit too distant. We still want those long term goals that we want to get to, but we need something to track our progress towards those goals. So I like 90 day goals. I like one month goals because then every single day until we get to that 90th day, or if it's a month goal, until we get that 30th day, every day, every hour, every minute before then, it matters. So it gives us a little bit more purpose on a daily basis. And thirdly, reach out to me. I've done this podcast for over two months now, actually. And I'm talking to multiple investors. I'm talking to people from outside the country, inside the country, people who've done this, people who bought their first property, their third property, people who've bought hundreds of units. Ask me questions, ask for help, ask for resources. I am your resource. My information is all online. Just Google me or reach out straight from the podcast or my website at GobanaEquity.com. Again, thank you so much. Hope to see you next Wednesday.